Basic but sharp, yeah. That's what my daughter dresses. I try to imitate her, but I never make it because I like flowers. <laughs>
first time joining us this morning, welcome. We would love for you to call Cap City Church your home. We hope you've had an amazing first experience here and continue to have a blessed week. Thrive groups have begun, but there's still time to jump into one. Head on over to our website where you can get registered. Parents, just a happy reminder, we have a WANA and youth group offered on Wednesdays at 7. We would love to hang out with your kiddos. Yeah, remember, today is the last day to support our youth who are going on their annual spring retreat. You can do that by seeing one of them at our welcome center in the foyer. And if you don't like anything they're selling, you can still support them. Absolutely. Once again, happy, happy Easter, Easter from, from all of us at Cat City, City Church. Church. Until next time. Good morning. Oh, that's a little weak this morning, isn't it? On this Easter morning. Good morning. Good morning. Would you stand to your feet? Welcome to Capital City Church. My name is Jeremy. We're so glad you're with us this morning. And uh, we're going to sing about our risen Savior today. Let's sing. believe in the sun I believe in the risen one I believe I overcome by the power of his blood Amen Amen I'm alive I was dead in the grave I was covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name
a special day, right? So together we're going to do this. I'm going to say, he is risen, and you're going to say, amen. We're going to do this three times, okay? Ready? He is risen. Amen. Ooh, that was good the first time. He is risen. Amen. One more time. He is risen. Amen. Amen and amen. God, we just ask you to come down into this place where we celebrate the day you decided to take the keys from the devil himself, Lord. And you gave us a hope and a bright future where you will go and prepare a place for us. You can come back and receive us unto you, Lord. We cannot wait to see you again, God. And we're so grateful that you did this one thing that would satisfy the wrath of God. Thank you, Lord. We just ask you to come into this place as we continue to worship you. Amen.
I'm going to read a passage of scripture this morning. Matthew 26, verse 1. It says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and said on it. Amen? His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards had trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, for he has risen. That is our hope that we have this morning. Let's continue to worship.
The head that once was crowned with thorns Is crowned with glory now The Savior now to wash our feet Now at His feet we bow
this morning that we do we will be with you again cause you're my savior my defense there's no more fear no more fear in life or death I know how the with all we got this morning.
thank you this morning that you have won, that you have defeated death, hell, and the grave, and that you sit on the right side of the Father, that you are interceding for us. God, we know how the story ends. We know that we will be with you. God, we thank you for that today. We celebrate you. Holy Spirit, come be in the rest of our service this morning. Anoint Pastor Jonathan as he comes and brings the word. May you touch him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. May his words just flow from his heart. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Cap City. I'm Pastor Jonathan. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, interestingly enough, many of you may not know this, but we're going to baptize seven people here at the end of the service. And, uh, yeah. But uh, the path I usually take from the back room to here is right through the middle of the stage, and the middle of the stage is water right now, so you can't see that our baptistry is underneath, so uh, I'm sure the entertainment value would have been high, but I'm thankful that we saw that this morning. Hey, uh, if you're new here today, and I know some of you are, uh, if you're new for the first time in a while, um, we want you to just feel at home. Um, this is such a great place to be. Allison and I and our boys, we moved down here about a year ago to become the pastors of Cap City Church. And when we talked about moving from one church to another, we wanted to know that we would be someplace that our family would be loved. And you can know that we found that here. And we know what it's like to look for a church, not just, you say, well, you're the pastor, and they have to, well, I'm sure they pretend sometimes. We're not that lovable all the time. <laughs> but this is a good church. This is a great place to be. And if you don't have a place you can call home yet, um, we'd sure love it for you to consider Cap City Church as that place. So uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 today. If you want to find your way to a text, we'll have it up here on the wall for you here uh, anytime. We're going to uh, read from verses 1 through 4, but as I was backstage there listening to them sing that song, we sang a song together that says, I'm fighting a battle. I'm fighting a battle. And I thought about all of you for just a second. I thought, I wonder who walks through these doors today, and they're fighting something. I'm going to ask you to be just a little vulnerable here this morning. I'll expect my regulars to lead the way. But whether it's this morning or this week or this last month or maybe even this last year, if you feel like you've been fighting a battle, would you just slip up your hands? Say, I'm fighting a battle today, Pastor. Wow. Now, now keep them up for just a second. Look around. They're going through it with you. We're here together, church. You can put your hands back down. But here's the good news. He's already won. There's going to be some carnage, there's going to be some scars, there's going to be some battle wounds, but we know how the story ends, and when we put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, 
not only can we put our faith and hope in him, but we know that we have each other. World, this world, this life can get very, very lonely sometimes. And so when we say this morning that we feel like we're, we're fighting a battle, and we know that he's already won, we say that it's not just because we believe, but we know that with certainty, over 2,000 years ago, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus conquered sin and death. He brought peace over your depression and your anxiety. He overcame fear and hopelessness and said we are more than conquerors through him. And that no power, no principality could overcome you. And nothing in your past, in your present, or your future, even death itself could not separate you from all that the love of Jesus Christ desires to give you and accomplish in and through you. Jesus Christ was and is victorious and brings victory for those who put their trust in him. Amen. Three days later. Oh, Adrian, thanks for the laugh this morning. We should be able to laugh in church. I know why she was laughing this morning. It's one of my favorite thoughts from the Easter story. It says that Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb. And do you know why we use the word borrowed? Because when you borrow something, you intend to give it back. He knew with certainty that with Holy Spirit resurrection power, he would raise from the dead and we would forever be able to have resurrection power if we put our faith and hope in him. Our text today talks about the fact that we have been raised to new life in Christ and we don't want to miss it, not for anything in this world or that it has to offer. So if you'll turn your attention with me either to the screens. Um, or, or to your, your smart device or your Bibles will be in Colossians chapter 3. This passage of scripture says, uh, it's, it's Paul writing to a church. Paul, a man named Paul was a missionary in the New Testament, wrote most of the New Testament. And he wrote to them saying, since you've now been raised up with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, when he appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, it is our prayer above all things that we would have a sensitivity to your voice. I know there are some here that might not understand what we mean when we say that we would be sensitive to your voice, but... I think we do know. God, I'm sure that there's not an individual in this place that you're not having a discussion with. And so God, I just pray that as much as possible you could open their hearts and their minds to the things of God, both for those who have a relationship with you and those that do not. Lord, we believe that we've been given the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive and we want everyone to experience what we have in Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul was writing this passage with the assumption that the people that he was writing to were believing in Jesus Christ for their salvation. His concern, though, was that after Christ had given them new life and pointed them to think of greater things in their mind, to cherish greater things in their heart, that they were going to keep grasping for things on earth that don't have eternal value. Every single day... 
you do something that won't have any eternal value. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute, but before we do, I want to jump into the first point that we have for you this morning, which is that you are raised with new life in Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is the truth. You are raised into new life with Jesus Christ. And if you have not, we could pose the question, have you been raised to a new life with Jesus Christ? Because Paul knew that he was writing to a church, and churches operated a little bit more differently than they do today, we wouldn't have people maybe come to church and say they were Christian and then go out and do things that weren't maybe Christian-like, as we would think. But it, there was a little bit more of a barrier to get into the church, and you were writing to people that said they, they really believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And so I hope that many of you have made that decision as well, but I'm assuming some of you probably have not. But I'm here to tell you today that all of us can make that decision. A lot of times we think about this life with Jesus as something that's coming. Even if you're a Christian here today, even if you've been walking with Christ for a very long time, we talk about seeing Jesus one day. We talk about when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. But what about today? All of us hope that we find heaven after this life rather than hell. And there are many opinions about how to effectively manage our destiny. But Jesus makes it clear that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, not a truth, not a life. Jesus is not found in religion. Jesus is religion. There are no other gods. They're figments of people's imaginations. They were made up. They were invisible. They never walked on the face of the earth, went to a rugged cross for you, died and bled for your sins, and rose again on the third day. Certainly there's no other God that seeks you out the way that he does. Jesus opened the door for eternal life. In fact, he said in John chapter 5, verse 24, whoever hears my words, that's all of you today, and believes in him who sent me, that's God the Father, has everlasting life and will not come into judgment but has passed from death into life Jesus clearly communicates that our way leads to death but his way leads to life the words used in our Colossians passage today are in the present tense life with Christ right now a relationship with God can be something that we experience here and now not there and later. So I wonder what the struggle is that keeps us from being raised into new life with Christ. And even what, what causes us to struggle to keep our eyes fixed on things above rather than things here on earth. What, what is that tension about? Our text here makes it clear that we don't need to be consumed with worrying about those things. It says set your hearts and your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And so I do. I want to wrestle with that tension uh, about things above and things below. And to do that, I'm going to ask my friend Tamara to come up here on stage. She was my friend. I'm not sure after today if she still will be. I've got to set something up here a little bit. We've got an illustration for you. I hope most of you can see this. If you can't, um, we'll kind of talk you through it. We weren't sure how visible it would be. But uh, I've got... Um, 
Tamara is such a wonderful person. I mean, she really is. So Tamara, no, 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 don't want to clap for her. Don't clap for her. No, Tamara, Tamara's become a, a good friend of me and Allison's, and we've got to hang out a lot. And uh, so we just thought that she deserved trophies. I mean, aren't these, they, they look like little golden globes. I found these, and I mean, I can't tell you what came to my mind about all the different things we could do with these and how underappreciated somebody would probably feel if I gave them something plastic like this. But they're very shiny. So a child, and maybe some of you would really appreciate it, I'm not sure. But I just decided that Tamara is such a wonderful person that she should have these four trophies. Now, they do. They kind of look like a, uh, would it be an Emmy or a Golden Globe? I, they, they give themselves so many awards, I can't figure out which one uh, this is supposed to be. But what I would want you to do for just a second, and you're just here to help me make a point and validate me as a preacher, I want you to pretend that you're at one of those award shows, and now you can clap for Tamara like she's the most wonderful person in the world. Now, what we're going to do is, is she's going to, I'm going to take these trophies for her, and I'm going to offer her something else. So she's going to, this, this is where she was here on earth, and she had all these awards, and she's going to step up here, and this is going to be new life in Christ. If you can't see that well, you know she went from here to there, right? That's, that's the gist of it. And, and you get to hold on to this. I don't really like a lot of statues and trophies of Jesus. I don't know if you can have a trophy of Jesus. I actually kind of think that's what this is, but it's Jesus, okay? It's Jesus this morning. And she's made a decision to have new life in Christ. And she's, she's a young lady. She's got her whole life ahead of her, and she was doing pretty good. And she's excited. She, she got tired of holding four trophies, and she saw that one was better. It's not quite as shiny. Uh, so she laid these down. She, she left these here on earth. And what happened was she got raised into new life with Christ. And then she just kind of took her eyes off Jesus for a second. She said, I remember what it was like to have those. Man, she, I really liked when those people clapped for me. That was nice. And, uh, you know, we could, we could call these trophies this morning whatever you want. They could be affirmation. How many of you are still seeking affirmation from other people? It, they could be, it could be money. It could be a career. It could be success. It could be good looks, the way you look, maybe a certain number on the scales or a certain size in the, in the store. It could be so many things, whatever it is that you are seeking here on earth. Man, I wonder if you're tired yet. I wonder if you're getting exhausted with chasing it. But anyway, I'm going to ask Tamara to see what happens if when she's raised into new life with Christ, what it looks like if she tries to pick up one of her old trophies. So Tamara, could you try to pick, now you got to stay up there though, okay? Well, you can do whatever you want, but those feet have to stay on that platform. She's, she's got long arms. I mean, she's almost there. Come on, try again. Try again. See, lean in a little further. Okay, okay. She's getting closer, closer. I, you know, I think of how many different ways she could get it. There's so many things that come to mind. What? Why don't we take this away? That'd make it easier. See if you can stretch out and reach it now. She still quite, can't quite get there. But, but maybe, maybe if you stood on one leg. I'll even help you here. Give me your hand. Just stay up. You, you just have to keep one. No, I, I, what did you put that one for? Yeah, put that one forward. That's good. Ooh, no, you can't step down there. 
All right, everybody give Tamara, give Tamara a hand this morning. Christians, so many times we look back at the things that we are grasping for. We keep reaching and reaching and reaching. If we're not careful, though it's just symbolic, the idea of letting go of Jesus is one of the things that could happen. We all understand she could have got to this if she would have taken her feet off the platform, right? Ultimately, if she would have taken a, taken a step down away from him, that would have worked as well. But one thing's for sure. If her feet are set upon the solid rock, these things have no value to her anymore. The problem is, church, we keep looking back at these things. We keep looking back at the money. We keep looking back at our appearance, which, by the way, is fleeting quickly, is it not? We keep seeking approval. We keep seeking achievement. We keep seeking comfort, seeking pleasure. I think the reason that we keep reaching is because we just truly haven't followed instruction. Our text said if we're raised with Christ, our minds and our hearts should be set on things above, not on things below. So the reason that we keep reaching is because we haven't set, or more properly said, reset our hearts and minds on the things that they should be set on. We were raised with Christ, but we keep reaching for all these earthly things, wondering if we missed something, afraid that we might. We have to make an intentional move to set our hearts and our minds on the things of God rather than the things of this world. Church, it's an issue that keeps creeping back in our four walls over and over and over again. So what does it mean to set your heart or mind on something? I really want to break this down for us this morning. In the original language, we get the idea of seeking after something, pursuing, turning your attention toward. Or it can be explained as orienting your life based on things above, not on earthly things. A few weeks ago, we sprung forward, hopefully for the last time, right? Set our clocks forward. Many of my time-telling devices change on their own, but there are still several clocks in our house that I have to change manually, like my coffee pot, my stove, and my microwave. Now, I could choose to live life on my own time and not change to match daylight savings, but that wouldn't work out very well. My life would be oriented to my own time while everyone else would be oriented to another. In order to be in sync with everyone, I'll need to reorient my clocks in a sense. My life. And in order for us to arrange our life with Jesus, we need to set our minds and our hearts on him so that as he moves, we move. As he changes, he doesn't change, but as he leads us to change, we change. He has made it possible for us to live our lives in sync with him, focused on things above and not on earthly things below. So we should learn and get to be setters and resetters. But what are those things above? We've talked about setting and we have to be on the same plane with Jesus Christ. But what are the things above? In short, it's everything that Jesus is. More than that, it's faith, hope, and love. Even more than that, Philippians 4, 8 tells us, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah. 
I assure you today that one of your greatest problems is found in your thought life, what you dwell on. It might not be sin, it might just be a waste of time as we watch the cell phone scroll again and again. Those were just some of the things in Philippians 4, 8 that we, are, we can find above. And we have to decide to tether our things, our lives to those things. It takes a conscious choice to live connected to the things that are good and excellent and pure and in sync with Jesus. It doesn't come naturally. Your natural, your natural instinct will be to follow the masses. Are you aware of that? Everything around you is influencing you to do what normal people do. It might mean closing Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. It means admitting to your spouse that we shouldn't be listening to, viewing, and finding amusement in mindless and worldly entertainment. It might mean spending more time reading the Bible and less time watching the news. It might mean praying more and worrying less. So you can set your heart and your mind on Jesus. I started a new class on Wednesday nights, a Thrive group. And we were in there, and I, I asked the group, I asked the group how they hear from God. I wanted to get a baseline for everyone, where everyone was, all the different ways that they might hear God. And I think in so many different ways, we quoted Psalm 4610, which says, be still and know that I am God. I've got this kind of hotshot student in my class. He was a pastor for 38 years. He has the same last name as me. <laughs> Man, he made a great comment. He said, today, we even pay to keep the noise turned on to keep us away from God. Is he wrong? You're paying for seven different streaming services, and you can't find anything to watch. Jesus is your life now, and you've been raised with Christ. He has made it possible for us to set our hearts and minds on things above, and you don't want to miss it. So why do we miss it, church? I believe this is bigger than we all want to admit or understand, but I'm going to give it to you, and I hope you'll really receive it. A big part of it is because we just cannot get over the need to be seen by others and worried about what they think of us. It's a position, it's title, it's a salary, it's family, it's peers. Can I just free you from that bondage this morning? Stop worrying about everyone's approval. The most unapproved person that ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus Christ, and he is your model. This other tension we need to wrestle with this morning is the tension between being hidden and being revealed. If you've ever studied this text, this is a good tension, being hidden and being revealed. Our text today says, your life is now hidden with Christ. And when Christ appears, that means when he comes back, when you meet him face to face, you will appear with him. So we struggle with this because of the hiding part. We still want people to see a little bit more of us when we're supposed to be behind him showing others a picture of Jesus. I learned a long, long time ago, about 12 and a half years, I think that's how old Wesley is. And some of you are going to be able to relate very closely to this as you're going through this time. Very quickly, after you've been married and begin to bear children, you go from being Jonathan and Allison to being Wesley, Luke, and Benjamin's mom and dad. That is your identity. Church, your identity is in Christ. It's supposed to be. 
Why do you worry about them knowing your name? Why are you worried about your kids embarrassing you in the restaurant? Why are you worried about what so many other people in your neighborhood think? Show them Jesus. Make sure they see a good picture of him. And that's all that's going to make a difference. Nobody's thinking about you right now. None of you in here right now are even thinking about anybody else in this room. You're thinking about you and me. About right. You don't have any idea who's sitting three or four rows behind you, two rows over. They didn't just see you cough or sneeze or whatever else. Not a lick of attention. We, we spend so much time thinking about us. Everywhere we go, I want people to see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus. Let me fall into the background. Because there's only one way to be revealed with Christ later, and that's to be hidden with him right now. If, you, if, you, if you've yet to begin a relationship with him, Maybe you're wondering what you'll miss. Eve asked this in the garden when she ate the fruit. And in our sermon a couple weeks ago, we talked about a son who had wandered away from his father's house because he was wondering what he was missing in the world. And I'm sure many of you have asked the question, what will I miss if I move in full obedience to God? Church, there is nothing that will invoke revival in this area like a church full of people that would move in full obedience to God. We're not doing it yet. We're close. We're trying. We're striving. But what if each individual said, the most important thing that I do is move in full obedience to the whisper of God and to the wooing of his Holy Spirit? Maybe, maybe you're worried about money. I took a pay cut to get closer to God. Maybe you're worried about power. I took a step down to get closer to God. Maybe a position. Maybe relationships. I have friends that are more distant because I'm closer to God. Maybe certain highs or experiences. You fill in the blank there. Let me tell you this morning, there's nothing in this life that you will surrender that won't be replaced by something greater in eternity. Nothing. That is the debate that is going on in your mind right now. Well, if we can figure out the money. Well, if we live this far from the family. Well, if we move to this city or the kids are in this school. Give it all up. Every last bit that you surrender, he will bless it 30, 60, and 100 fold. Is he a liar? I don't think so. I've seen him do it again and again and again in my own life and in others. So before you leave here today, there's one final point that we want you to take with you if you've missed everything else. Don't miss Jesus. If you've yet to begin a relationship with him, you can know that Jesus came to give you life, not just an ordinary life, but life to the fullest. On this Easter Sunday, right here, right now, you can put to death your old life and let Jesus raise you to new life with him. If you're here today and you claim Jesus as your Savior, my challenge for you will be to pray and ask God where your thoughts and concerns are still far too much on your retirement fund and not about how much you can give to the church. I mean something else. Far too much on temporal things that will be gone when they put you in the ground. We dress for approval, we exercise and diet for approval, we give for approval, we serve for approval, and perhaps there's no greater evil that we even do ministry for the approval of others. Take on the role of the secret servant. Make your focus about moving in the ways he wants you to, regardless of the approval of your family members, your peers, and for heaven's sake, will you quit seeking approval on social media? 
Let me tell you what's happening when you post about how proud you are of yourself, your promotion, your children, even your church probably. They're sitting on the other side of their phone, clicking like and going, eh. You've done it. You've hit like and you go, that stuck up what so and what. I didn't have any words, Adrian. <laughs> it's a study they're doing to show how mindless we've become and how the endorphin release of other people approving us in various ways is keeping us from be being able to function without it. It's caused us to believe that we're far greater than we ever intended to be. And when we talk about what it means to be raised up with Christ, it means to lower oneself. Jesus Christ is not so high that you can't reach him. People come in and say, I, 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 can't, I can't come into the church. It might catch you on fire or, or the cross might flip upside down or whatever other expression they might use. Jesus is so high I can't reach him. Rather, it's that Jesus is so humble that most of us aren't willing to lower our thoughts of ourselves to be in a place of humility with him. Most of us still think we deserve more than we currently have. I'm going to invite our, one of our worship leaders up this morning to come right now, and I'm going to offer two invitations across this room. The first is to the Christian. For so many of us, we grew up singing that powerful hymn of the old rugged cross. The first half of that chorus says, I'll cherish the old rugged cross until my trophies at last I lay down. And, and I know we love to sing it, and, and just speaking a few of those lyrics invokes emotions within so many of us, even me in this very moment. I'll cherish the old rugged cross until it causes me to lay down every trophy. Church, I assure you, if you can't lay it down in this life, you won't lay it down at his feet in eternity. But we quickly forget then that the message of the cross, when it says, I will learn to embrace suffering, to welcome humility, to be disapproved and even mocked by everyone around me. Until I say, Lord, now I see all the silliness in my success, my education, my career, my title, and my position. I love that Cats and Crown sang a song so many years ago that said, I don't need them to remember me, only Jesus. Would you really be okay with that this morning? What if we just said, you can have it all, Lord? Hey, the second half of that chorus from the old rugged cross says, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. This part of this song says, as I continue in this life, and I become weary when I look back on the pleasures of this world and how much I crave for someone to approve of what I'm doing, I can remember that your ways are higher so that when my heart and mind are set on things above, I will trade the trophies of this life to be crowned in glory with you. But what if this morning, this is a second challenge, you would say, Jonathan, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I won't say the person's name, and I hope they won't hurt, bother, bother me saying the story, and I don't even know if they're here today. I heard that someone in our church last Sunday said, I know I'm not a Christian. Let me tell you, that is the step to becoming a Christian. That's okay. It's okay to, to say where you are. I know I'm not a Christian. I had a conversation with somebody, and a couple days later, I got a report that that same person gave their life to Jesus. We have to quit pretending that it's okay. 
We can't get any help if we don't admit that we're lost. Maybe we'd pose the question this morning, how can I take Jesus up on his offer? Not only on eternal life, but a life today that is filled with purpose and meaning. Can I just tell you, I, the first thing I, I think about every morning when I wake up is you all people. Do you know that? You're my purpose. You are. Every single morning I wake up and I think about Cap City Church. It doesn't mean God's calling you to be a lead pastor, but he's got one for you too. He's got a purpose for you. And he'll reveal it to you as you turn things over, as you surrender to him. If you want that this morning, right now, right where you are, you could just pray this prayer. And it's a prayer we can pray every day, every hour. I'm pretty sure before we come to Christ and even after we've accepted him. And it's the prayer I've been praying more than any other prayer over this last year. It's four simple words. Jesus, I need you. I keep running into things and I go, I, I don't have the answer. I don't know which way to go. Jesus, I need you. Let him know that you're sick of living a sinful life and you don't want to miss out on life with him. Not in this life or the next. He will answer so quickly. And I don't even know how to explain it, but you will know his voice. He won't command or demand a response of you. Let me tell you something this morning. If your impression over the years or various church experiences, your family, I hope this isn't the case, but I'm not naive enough to think it might be. Some of you might be here with a family member today because you felt obligated to be here. And you might not be in this church because you don't like the way that person acts. I'm not thinking of my people. I just told you I pray for you every morning. If your impression of Jesus is anything less than the most loving and excellent father, somebody's misled you. The Jesus that we speak of today loves you with an everlasting love. He interrupts your apology to start a party to celebrate your confession and your return. And though you might not understand it, every single plan that he has for you is for your good. This is the Jesus that I'm offering you today. Would you stand with me this morning? He's going to sing a song. Colton's going to sing a song called Jesus Paid It All. We're going to give you a time to respond. And I'll tell you what, a lot of times in moments like this, we can say you can pray right where you are. But I'll tell you what, if you feel led to pray, you want to come to this altar. You're missing out on a blessing. Come and pray this morning. And if you say today's the day that I find purpose for my life, that I'm not having to carry these sins anymore, that I don't have to beat my head against the wall with all these issues, I want help, not just from Jesus, but from a good Christian community. We're here to offer that to you today. You can come and pray. Christian, if you're here today, how many more do we need to lay down? How many more are we going to have to take our eyes off so that we can be revealed with him in glory? Father, we pray this morning that we've been faithful to your word and that we've presented the message that you would have us to speak. Now, God, all throughout this place, I pray that there would be a sense of urgency, peaceful urgency, God, that you're here. You're here to help. That those who need this help would come and pray. God, for those who are in our 
in Christianity that we've been lifted up. We keep chasing after things. Would you help us to release that burden so that we could just rest in you? God, I want to work in a place of rest, from a place of rest that only you can give. Help us to be obedient in this time of response and to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please come and pray this morning as God would lead you. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Hey! 
first Easter here, so I don't know what we did last year in general, but we don't, out of a rule or obligation, baptize people on Easter, but I love that we are. Um, is, yeah, go ahead, give the Lord a hand. Uh, we're going to baptize, as far as I know, seven people. There's a lot of y'all today, and I didn't get to check in. Pastor Jacob was uh, ministering to and helped lead. Um, those who are being baptized today, but a couple things I want to share with you as they make their way down. Um, first of all, two of the people that are getting baptized, their first week with us was last week. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And I know, you know, sometimes, especially if you're new to the church or you've heard different things, I said sometimes you might have heard of a different Jesus, but when it comes to baptism in, in our church, and we believe this is according to the Word of God, we do not believe that baptism is the way to salvation. We're not, if, we're, if, if you're not being baptized, that doesn't mean that you're not saved. You make a choice to accept Jesus Christ. You confess your sins to him and you recognize him as Lord and Savior and you ask him to transform your future life. And we baptize as a witness to the fact that that change has taken place in our life. So if you're here today and you say, hey, I, I prayed that prayer, prayer pastor, I want to be baptized. We'll baptize you next week. We'll open this tank again and again and again. Uh, that's, that's no worry to us at all. Um, and so I'll read you just a couple verses here from, from Romans chapter 6, uh, verses 3 and 4. Again, it's, it's Paul writing. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too many walk in the newness of life. We're burying the old person that was, is dead to sin, and we're raising people to new life in Christ. That's the new life we talked about this morning. Um, so I, I know, so it's, it's kind of a tricky thing, because some of you go, man, I want to see what's going on, and you're going to see some people that are going to get in there that you won't even be able to see their heads, because uh, they're little guys or gals. Um, and normally when there's not so many people here and we didn't have 15 people on stage, we let people kind of situate themselves where, wherever. Um, but here's what we're going to ask. We, I do have, and I know it's Easter, and if you have some place to be, you're more than welcome to slip out. But please don't. This, this is big. This might be the most important thing you see today. Seven people making a confession that they've given their life to Jesus Christ. But you're welcome to come up anywhere that's still on the floor, not the stage. If you want to get a closer look, we want you to be able to see your friends, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, um, whoever it is that's getting baptized. And we've got a professional photographer. I mean, he's just such a great. Give Joel a hand. Uh, he is going to take ten times as many pictures as you would have got on your iPhone and send them to me. And you're just going to email the office if you want pictures of any of your loved ones getting baptized. Um, but while they're getting baptized, we're going to transition here in just a second. Uh, Pastor Jacob will be handling most of it. Uh, but at the same time, 
you can cheer, you can applaud. This is a big moment, and uh, we want people to know that what they're doing matters, and we, that we want to know that they have support behind them. So I think uh, it's kind of like that, uh, uh, you know, Marco Polo thing. Is Peyton ready? Is Peyton ready? One minute. One minute? I can keep talking. You guys know that. Um, but I will, say, I will say important things. First off, and nobody's going to forget this one because it involves donuts, there are fresh donuts over here that are left from this morning. Don't bum rush it now, right? But on your way out, by all means, grab a Tim Hortons donut and take it with you because if not, somehow my kids will manage to collect them all. And they have far too much candy from all their relatives already. So um, if you're a guest here today and uh, you want to grab one of those on the way out, uh, that would be okay. And Pastor Ed's looking at me for something. Oh, thank you. He's going to move the table so you can all see. That's, we have so many wonderful pastors around here that are always thinking about things like that. Oh, that's the other reason I was supposed to wait for just a second. Because you're about to see this. How about this? All of our kids are coming in because we love for our children to see the baptism. So when they open those doors, I want you to see if you can give them a round of applause that's louder than all the noise they're making when they walk in. That'd be cool. I want you, and I'm serious, we have the best children's directors, the best ch children's volunteers. I'd put them up against anybody, anywhere in Columbus. But I'm serious, it will bless your heart. We don't, they're probably going to sit on the floor. We don't have room for them. I want you to watch how big of a church we've got sitting right out there. Give them a hand this morning. You guys can stay anywhere on the floor, okay? you're tired of clapping. I'm if you got worn out clapping, imagine our children's volunteers this morning with them running all over the property for the Easter egg hunt. So I'd say there's a chance, I don't know if we still even have them all in. Yeah, there's, I was going to say, I, I, my kids are somewhere. I hope they're in there somewhere. All right, they're going to keep moving them in here, but I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of a liberty here because we've got some uh, work to get done here. This is uh, Miss Peyton. And uh, this is, I'll introduce real quick, this is Cheryl and Roger Ellis. Pastor Cheryl, Cheryl is an ordained pastor in our denomination. She was recently pastoring our church at Freedom Chapel. She's coming over here. She's already teaching a class for us, doing a great work, and I'm so excited. She said, can me and Roger baptize Peyton? And you can know my rule is I want the people that want to be in there with those kids, with those family members. I want them to be part of that experience too. So we're going to let Cheryl and Roger lead us in the baptism of Peyton this morning.
brag a little, right? I can do that as a pastor. <laughs> this, is, this is my baby girl, and so I've been praying for her since her birth, and so I'm very, very excited for this. Her name is Lavender Sophia Barker, and so we've had a lot of conversations, but you're ready, aren't you, babe? All right, let's do this. Dear Lord God in heaven, we pray for Lavender, we pray, Lord God, that she would move into the light, Lord God, and be obedient to your spirit. We baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Colton Trickett. He came to me a couple months back wanting to get baptized, and I was so impressed with this young man. We, he talked me through the whole thing. He said, I want to get baptized because I love Jesus, and I gave my life to Jesus. And so we got down, and we were in my office, and as he began to pray, he stopped everything, got down on his knees, folded his hands, and we prayed to Jesus about this. And so Colton's ready, and we're excited, and we're celebrating, and don't forget, we can keep clapping and keep cheering as much as we want because heaven is celebrating. Certainly the church can. I just want to say, I just want to say real quick, uh, uh, Colton's in our Awana class on Wednesday night, and I've seen this little guy grow. Um, we, love, we love him to death, um, just like everyone that's over there. Um, he's a great kid. And this is a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Do you realize we're adding another soul to the kingdom today? Dear Lord God in heaven, we give you Colton, Lord God, and we baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up is Weston Smith. He is the result of a faithful family. And I, I, I can't say that enough. Parents, grandparents, bring your children to church. Because when you make it an emphasis, they will make it an emphasis. And it will change their lives. And so we're thankful for Weston today. And, and I want to say this, because we don't say it enough. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that they are all equal in part, and we believe that they work in unity. And, and it is something that we can mimic, but it is important to understand that you need to encounter all three to fully embrace and understand the fullness of God. And that's why we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You ready, Weston?
Dear Lord God, we baptize Weston in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up is Roman Younger. Uh, this, this, I love this story. I was here last week, and I met this young man, and when I first met him, I thought, man, that's an impressive young man. You just, you kind of see somebody and go, man, that, that seems like a good young man. And I got a text after church from one of his friends and said, Roman wants to get baptized. I mean, that's phenomenal. When people show up for the first time, they say, you know what, we're ready to get baptized. That's awesome. I had the pleasure of going out to dinner with him, and I was so impressed by this young man to see the steps that he was taking and, and the, the decisions he was making at just 16 years old. So I'm excited to, to be with Roman, and I'm excited to baptize him. Roman, you ready? Dear Lord God, we baptize Roman in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Eric has been in the church for a long time. He uh, started getting serious about his faith a couple years ago, and we started this conversation back in the fall, and he said, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to get baptized yet. We went on a youth rally a, a couple months ago, and, uh, you know, you, you, you do something, and you're like, I'm not really sure that hit home with the teenagers or not. And we're driving home from the youth rally, and he goes, man, that really hit home for me. And he said, and, and I think I'm finally ready to get baptized. And so we celebrate Eric today and uh, celebrate with us, all right? Lord God, we baptize Eric in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up is uh, Courtney Parrott. Um, if, if I could take a moment to tell a story about her, and I shared this with her. But last week, I was supposed to be signing a contract for a real estate situation with the church. And, and that kind of fell through. And so I, I went home and I said, you know what, honey, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm never at the gym on a Friday night. I'm never there. And while I'm at the gym, I start having a conversation with a gentleman about God and the church. That next week, he brings his friend, his neighbor, and his neighbor's wife. She is that neighbor's wife. I want you to hear this. God is perfectly okay disrupting your life if it means even one person finds their way to Jesus and finds their way to baptism. 
God is good. He is faithful. All right? Courtney, you ready? Dear Lord God, we thank you for Courtney, Lord God. We thank you for her story. We pray, Lord God, that we would just move her forward in faith. Lord, we baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hand it over to Jonathan unless there's somebody out there who wants to get baptized. <laughs> All right, we love you. Have a wonderful day. Hey, stay seated for just a second. You're not dismissed. Uh, so our wonderful day feels like it, right? I'm glad he wished you that. I was on the way in with Allison. I don't know what, what you guys think about coming to church on Sunday morning, but we had just got onto I-71 headed this way. And I looked at Allison. I said, we get to do this every week. We get to come in and we get to worship Jesus and celebrate our togetherness in this community. And then we have these special days where we get to baptize seven people representing a movement from death into life. And the kids are going to keep moving and that's why you have to stay seated for just another second. Because we care about your kids and we have a process to make sure your kid gets back to you. I mean, take one of mine with you too, but we want to make sure you get yours. <laughs> so we're going to let them get back to their place so you can check them out and that they're safe. But I'll tell you, I just checked it with Tara. Last year in 2022, in the United States of America, the average size church was 55 people. We had 86 children in church this morning. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say goodbye. Um, we, I know we have a crowd watching with us online. And if you're still tuned in, thank you for joining us. I know some of you would be here if you could or if you were close and so uh, definitely my heart's with you, and I pray that you'll join us here at our Rathmel Road campus soon and very soon. Um, here's, here's the challenge I'll give to you, a couple, couple, just a twofold thing. As you leave this way, our information center is just, when you go out these doors, just to the left. If you made a decision for Jesus today, and you want us to know about it, we want to help you on your journey. You can stop and fill out a card, put it in a box, it can be anonymous, it'll come to myself and our staff.